0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. You have no doubt heard by now about the remote design house project I'm working on in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you are curious about the state of design in Tulsa, this episode is for you. It's not enough that we're talking about the state of design in Tulsa, But here we have another creative with a degree in something other than interior design or architecture, marketing. She also received her degree in interior design as well, but marketing is almost a must-have these days, no? Lauren Johnson runs her eponymous firm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with both a, quote, creative mindset and an artistic point of view, end quote. And I like that because those ideas are open-ended as it relates to creative endeavors. Tulsa is a very big, small city, and Lauren treats the city as a community from which she draws inspiration and gives back with soulful and meaningful design. The design community is incredibly strong in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it gets stronger with all of the new residents who come to inhabit this amazing Midwest city. The city is rooted in Art Deco architecture from the early 1900s, as the city grew into an oil and gas hub. With that growth came the experimentation as tastes and styles changed. Essentially, this created an experimental design city that changed a bit in the 1980s and 90s. Growth began to stagnate in response to the oil bust. This is a really interesting study in how design trends and experimentation grow and develop hand in glove with a city's financial health. The city of Tulsa is growing rapidly. The 10-year growth rate is 5.4%. I would also call this a healthy growth rate, not the hyper-explosive rates you see in Austin, Texas, or even Oklahoma City. Cities that grow too fast suffer the negative ramifications of an overheated housing market and increased competition for resources. That being said, the growth from outside is bringing in new tastes for design and architecture and style and materials. And that's a good thing. You will learn more about how this amazing designer works and what motivates Tulsa-based designer Lauren Johnson right after this from our friends at Thermosol. For well over a year now, you have been hearing incredible conversations, interviews, and panels with amazing creative talent as part of our wellness and design thought leadership series presented by Thermosol. It has been and continues to be an absolute joy working with the entire team at Thermosol from the top down. This multi-generational family business has been producing the gold standard in steam generators, saunas, steam showers and steam shower accessories for decades. Thermosol is the original steam shower with technology that is state-of-the-art, made and manufactured in the United States. The company's history with steam showers started by David Altman in 1958. Murray Altman acquired Thermosol's steam bath division in 1989. And the company is now led by Mitch Altman from their world-class production facility in Round Rock, Texas. The most successful designers and architects are using steam showers to maximize wellness relaxation and enjoyment for their clients Thermosol is a staunch advocate for the design trade and I am So proud to have them as a presenting partner of Convo by Design and the wellness and design thought leadership series If not familiar with the entire range of Thermosol products, please check out thermosol.com. It's funny because after 18 months, mm-hmm. it seems so weird to be doing these live again. Oh, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I, I, I've i done the podcast for, you know, this is eight years. Mm-hmm. And prior to last March the 13th, mm-hmm. you could count the number of recorded interviews oh, yeah. I had done on one hand. Now you could count the number of live interviews that mm-hmm. I, or conversations that I've done on one hand. And it's just, um, it's, it's kind of weird. This One of the things that I've really missed is the background noise. Oh, yeah. And the ambiance behind it. So I absolutely love this. When you sat down, it was funny because we're, we're at the gathering place in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there's a, a group of seniors mm-hmm. who are just knitting and <laughs> going to town. And you mentioned that Needlepoint was one of the things that you did mm-hmm. to better yourself in COVID. Isn't yes. it interesting?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The opportunity. Mm-hmm presented itself mm-hmm. so tell me about that why why needlepoint
2: why needlepoint <laughs> so i had i found the time when the world stopped and i always wanted to learn my grandmother and my mother are both needlepointers, and um my grandmother has them framed as artwork all over her house and some of them are vintage collections and some of them she's redone And I always thought, man, that would be so neat to learn from her before, you know, one day we don't have her and she didn't, she wasn't there to teach us. So I always thought, man, this is a perfect time. So I called her during quarantine and said, I'd like to learn how to needlepoint. And she dropped off on my doorstep a a sack of all the books on how to and practice canvases. And then I really got into it. And now, it's one of my favorite pastimes. I'm looking for the next quarantine.
0: <laughs> so. Interesting. I'm curious, did that affect your design at all? Have you, have you looked at that now and said, you know, and I asked because my, mm-hmm. my mother-in-law mm-hmm. is totally into it. Mm-hmm. And for the last probably eight or nine years, mm-hmm. my wife and I have been getting gifts of needlepoint. Oh, really? Love it, love it, okay. absolutely love it, and love what she's done. Um, mm-hmm. We've got we've got ornaments, and we've got oh, pictures, yeah. and we've got. I mean, you name it. There's a whole world out there. There is a whole world <laughs> yes. out there, and I and I love it. But I'm I'm interested. Has have you found ways to weave that into your design?
2: I have a little bit. Um, I think it makes. I think it's coming back. I think needlepoint had its time, and um, there is a younger group of designers that are weaving it into their designs. Um, There's a wonderful Palm Beach store um, called Lysette and they really have brought a huge resurgence of needlepoint back into Palm Beach and it's a different vibe. The the coloring is um, more what we would use in our designs now instead of the reds and the golds of the traditional needlepoint but they're still the same designs they're still the same staffordshire dogs and you know uh, trellis patterns but they're updated with our type of coloring so it's a new way to to have the old and new mix so yes
0: it's really interesting to me too i feel like you mentioned you know the the pandemic time Mm -hmm. right so with that we've got all of these creatives Mm -hmm. all over the world Mm -hmm. but specifically in the united states Mm -hmm. who have taken on crafts and i'm wondering if we're kind of entering a new phase in design maybe where we're going and i think it all ties together right it's Mm -hmm. all it all has to do with the the um Supply chain mm-hmm. disruption mm-hmm. the fact that you can't get materials mm-hmm. and now you've got crafters mm-hmm. craftsmen mm-hmm. you know this real idea of craftsmanship mm-hmm. coming back into individual pieces mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if that's going to be um, one of probably the biggest trends in mm-hmm. design for the for the coming years
2: I think it might be because I think people are looking for um, if we're going to wait on something, Maybe it's something from a local person that's handcrafted it and that's put the special detail into it. Um, So, yeah, I do think, or even down to furniture design, you know, is it a local person that's designed a chair that you don't have to wait on as long and it has a local touch and maybe you can adapt it to exactly what you want to fit your needs? So.
0: It's so funny you say that, and it's absolutely true. Uh, by the way, a little bit of context, backing up now. We were recording here at The <laughs> Gathering Place yesterday, and there was uh, technical difficulties. So we had a chance, Lauren, you and I to sit down again mm-hmm. today. As you mentioned that, one of the things that I did during the pandemic was every year for the last five or six years, I've produced programming mm-hmm. for design industry events mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, primarily. and years ago the Warner Brothers uh, prop house the design studios Mm -hmm. crafted a desk for me and it was the same um, the same guys that built the tumbler for Batman oh wow built my desk oh wow it it was the coolest thing that's fun and it was unique and it was a podcast desk with with wing arms you can see a picture on the website Mm -hmm. okay um, and I'll put a link in the show notes but the wings went out to the side. All the cables were channeled inside the desk, so you didn't oh, see wow. all the all the rat's nest of cables. Oh, nice! It was really cool. Long story short, I had an opportunity, of course, because we were all just sitting alone. I went to Home Depot one day, mm-hmm. fully masked and gloved, mm-hmm. and wait in line. Yeah, <laughs> and I I bought just a bunch a, a I bought a bunch of supplies and then I also had a bunch of wood left over from other projects that I had taken apart and I built a desk. It oh. it took me about um, I wanna say it took me about three and a half months. Oh wow. I ordered the casters from Amazon. Mm-hmm. I you know what I couldn't get at Home Depot I, mm-hmm. I, I ordered mm-hmm. from Amazon and um, I wound up building this desk. Wow. And now I've got this desk and it's 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 gonna go out when we get when we go, you know, fully live again at the events. But I think it's interesting you say that. I'm going to put a pin in that because I think it's going to be something that we're going to be talking about for Mm -hmm. quite some time. Mm -hmm. Transitioning from that to something that you and I were talking about yesterday. Mm -hmm. The design and architecture Mm -hmm. in Tulsa is simply remarkable. Primarily between the the 1920s creeping into the teens a little bit but primarily the mm-hmm. 1920s mm-hmm. into the 1950s and 60s mm-hmm. with mid-century so you have Art Deco mm-hmm. into mid-century Yes, really interesting because if you go downtown Tulsa mm-hmm. you see all of this gilding and you see you know these amazing crafted gargoyles and you, mm-hmm. in the cathedral mm-hmm. district and you see all of this but there are no people left who, who have that craft Right. there's nobody left who does that who fixes yeah. it
2: that's a good question. Right? I, I don't know who fixes that.
0: So I, well, and, and I did a little recon on that. And okay. there, there's just nobody, there's nobody left who, who yeah. takes that in class anymore. So now yeah. I feel like the responsibility kind of falls back on the design community. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when I hear you say, you know, what the new things that you've learned, mm-hmm. it reminded me about something that we wanted to talk about yesterday, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to. And your thoughts on... Going back to school Mm -hmm. for design, Mm -hmm. it's really important.
2: Yes, I do. I think it's really important. I originally got my degree in marketing um, from a a large state school, Oklahoma State. And after that, um, graduated in 2008, so middle recession, you know, great time to look for a job. And I started in marketing at a bank. And I'll never forget the morning I looked to my newly married husband and said, I'm not happy, and you know his face is like what you know. Um, but really, I said I'm not happy. I'm too young to be doing what I want to actually do and what I love. So um, I want to go back to school and I want to get an interior design degree. And he uh, he said, Why couldn't we have done this on your father's time? <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, he was really supportive, and I went back to school. And um, conversely, in the state that I lived in. Uh, to get a design degree there the only option was a technical school and um, you know you're in there with welders and all the other people learning these things that they want to jump into their career right when they leave you know so it was really interesting because it's about six people in the class so super hands-on we had one teacher the whole time and we learned everything from measuring for drapery color theory you know um, art if, uh, history of furniture things like that that you I mean I think all design school probably goes through all of those things but being so small it was so nice to to be so hands-on and learn a lot so it's never too late to go back to school
0: it's not did you learn to weld
2: I didn't I wish I did though right I know man talk about it
0: there's always more school.
2: There's always time.
0: <laughs> so here's the, here's the interesting part about that for me. I have found that there's pretty much, I, I want to I say there's, there's like three types mm-hmm. that go into design.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You have the, and all are super creative, but yeah. you, you have the people who are like, I'm just going to go do it because yes. they're going to design a room in their house. Mm-hmm. They're going to put pictures on social media. hmm Everyone's going to say, "Oh my gosh, that is so amazing! You yeah. you are wonderful. You yeah. should be doing this more." And then they get a client, mm-hmm. and then that client begets other clients, mm-hmm. and their their career is on their way. Right. That's that's type one. Type two is the kind that goes to school for design, mm-hmm. and then comes right out mm-hmm. and starts their career. Mm-hmm. Type three is um, the kind that goes to design school then goes and works for another firm mm-hmm. and does an internship mm-hmm. or gets a job as a junior designer right and then starts and then hangs their shingle after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i feel like you're part two mm-hmm. you're the second type mm-hmm. but it's interesting with a twist because you already had a first career right and it's interesting because i have found that the of all the three types mm-hmm. the ones that i have found to be most successful mm-hmm. is type 2 yes
2: Okay, good. It's true.
0: (laughs) And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. Now, there are incredibly successful designers Mm -hmm. who have done all three ways. Mm -hmm. There are some amazing ones that come out from other design firms in internships. But I feel like the ones who have this frame of reference from another career Mm -hmm. gives them a frame of reference Mm -hmm. that the others don't have.
2: Yeah, and maybe it's a passion because the passion brought them back to school for it. And the drive that took them back to learn the technical skills to go along with the passion. I don't know.
0: What did it do for you when you got out of technical school mm-hmm. and hung the shingle? Because mm-hmm. this is something, look, I feel like we're at the start of people are moving mm-hmm. locations. hmm their moving careers. This is very. This is very similar to what it was like at the at the the financial crisis when you mm-hmm. got into the biz, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. changes everything. Everything. And so for you, I mean, what did it do for you as as a as a designer? How did you? How did you find your first clients? How mm-hmm. did you establish your resources? Mm-hmm. How did you? How did you make the business? Happen?
2: So, um, right out of school, we opened a furniture store, a retail furniture store in downtown Wichita, Kansas. And that um, really allowed me to open my large furniture lines, which is really hard to do for a new designer because opening some of these lines, you know, when you're first starting out and you just don't have that many clients yet, it would be really hard to combine all the orders that you can in one brand. So having the store along with new clients really allowed us to open those lines, establish the relationships with the reps that we still have to this day. And um, it also gave me a, a chance to, you know, use half the store as a design studio and really show people, you know, here's what I can do. And then, you know, the store is also here as well. But um, it really helped give me a spot to start growing from. Um, we did that for about three years and then we moved home to Tulsa. So um, that was also fun because once you move, when a designer moves cities, you basically are starting over. You're starting over with new clients and new reps and um, and you're in a new town. So uh, even though I was from Tulsa, I. I was starting over in the sense of um, starting all that again. So that's when I decided to do the designer showcase to really say, I'm here. Here we go. Let's do it again.
0: So great transition. Thank you for that. Tell me about the designer showcase. Tell me about what what a designer showcase does for you Mm -hmm. as a designer and particularly how it helps you. Because you're in the interesting situation where for you it was a matter of changing locations so you move to a new city and now you want to establish yourself what a remarkable way to do that mm-hmm
2: yeah it was a good way to not only meet all the other uh, designers in the town
0: and by by the way <laughs> yes it, so Yes, it's super loud. You don't actually have to over-talk them. I can. Okay. To- I can totally hear you. Okay, good. Yeah, and, and people get confused too because of the the microphones. And, and it's interesting. This is one of the byproducts of being in a, yeah. in a public space. But I kind of love the energy. Yeah. Of having, but they're just going to town over there, aren't they? They are. It's yeah.
2: it's a happening needlepoint group. Um, so being in a new town or a new new town, I think that uh, a new designer in the town, I guess I should say. Um, It was a great point to meet all the other designers in the community because you're part of a team. Once you make it onto the designer showcase, um, you have to present. I guess you kind of apply and get accepted. It's different in every state. But here you apply and get accepted to do a room. And then they dole out the rooms based on seniority. So being a new person, they say, you get a closet and you're going to be happy with that and you're designing a, basically a small, tiny room.
0: We'll return to my conversation with Tulsa-based interior designer, Lauren Johnson, right after this from our friends at York Wall Coverings. So listen, wallpaper is having a moment, a well-deserved moment that is allowing designers to craft and create in new and amazing ways. Confo by Design has a new partner this year, This partnership includes participation in our remote design house Tulsa project, of which you will be hearing a lot about this year. I've been working closely with an exclusive group of partners, and I am absolutely thrilled to be working with York Wall Coverings. This company has been crafting exquisite wall coverings for over a century, with an archive that dates back to the early 18th century. This deeply rich history provides inspiration for the future. And the designs available through the York Wall Coverings Studio have long been lauded for their authenticity and craftsmanship. This art, artistry, and history, combined with a commitment to continually reimagining the manufacturing process, allows York Wall Coverings to provide a consistently exquisite product. For options and inspiration, find them online, yorkwallcoverings.com. You can also find their store locator tool, Online at Yorkwallcoverings.com for a location near you. What room did you use?
2: So, my first one, my, my uh, first designer showcase was the Harweldon Mansion. And to get in there was, it's such a historical landmark for Tulsa. Um, it's this huge, beautiful house that's right on Riverside. And uh, I got a hallway. which sounds terrible but you know it was it was a 15 foot hallway it's a mass a very grand hallway and so I made the best of it and um, you know I I really treated it as if it were a room and I think from there because it was so intentional I think it really set the tone of she's not here to play around
0: I think that's amazing and my first design house that I produced was called Small Space Big Style. Oh yeah! In Hollywood, California, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was amazing. It was a fourteen hundred square foot pen, uh, penthouse uh, condo. Since then,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I have come to realize that small spaces are the best showcase
1: for oh, designers.
0: Yeah. Well, here's why. Mm-hmm. Endless budgets, endless mm. square footage, mm. you can do anything with Ooh, that. Yeah. You know, um, limited budgets, mm-hmm. small space, mm-hmm. it taxes you. Mm-hmm. It forces you to make priorities and make choices, make choices. Mm-hmm. And it forces you to really press yourself and mm-hmm. your skills and mm-hmm. your talents because every, you have to have a higher impact per foot mm-hmm. because you have less square feet. Right. What did you do with it?
2: So in that hallway, um, of course I wanted seating, so I did a console with a mirror to kind of open up the hallway even more. I mean, beautiful tall ceilings already, but a console with a mirror, that way I had a a spot for lamps, um, and then I put additional seating on either side, so I was able to have some chairs and some fabric in there. Um, And on the other side of the hallway, I mean, we had artwork, of course, But something that I wanted people to, I wanted people to stop and give them a reason to stop in the hallway and say, oh, who did this? So, you know, you have to have something that grabs their attention. So what I did, since it was such a historic landmark, um, we still had contact with the family that owns the mansion. And um, the granddaughter, I asked her if I could come look through the photos that came with the house, and I believe the photo was from 1910. And it was uh, I found a, this darling photo that was a inch by two inches, so it was tiny, black and white, little tiny rectangle. Um, and it was a picture of their um, beloved driver that drove them everywhere, and he was standing out there, dapper as ever, in his. Uh, bow tie and, you know, suspenders, and he's standing with his arm on the hood of this really cool car, and so I blew that picture up as big as I could and framed it um, from the picture rail, of course, because you can't put any nails in it, and um, it really gave this sense of a family, and then I, I found out his name by going on the census records, and I found his address and where he lived and found out about his family and and um, put his name You know, as the title of the picture at the bottom, and had it framed around it, Um, so it'd be there forever. But he was just such a fun representation of that house back in the day, and I I, I heard from the family that they loved him so much, and you know, he really took care of him. So it was just a fun way to make people stop and say, "Oh, I bet that is you know someone that really went with the house."
0: I love that, and you're you're breathing new life Mm -hmm. into something. You're 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 re you're recreating something for generations to come.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that. That's yes. very cool. Isn't that, that's such a crucial part of design, mm-hmm. isn't it? Is, mm-hmm. is making it personal. You know, anyone can take a bunch of expensive furnishings mm-hmm. and put it in the space mm-hmm. and it'll look pretty. Yeah, it'll look great. Mm-hmm. But it's it's adding that element. And I, I feel too, like after the past, you know, year and a half that we've had, it's even more important now than ever before. Mm-hmm. How does that fit into your Design ethos. How does that fit into your philosophy behind the work that you do?
2: I think, um, I think, I, I think that you can always walk in and say, "Oh, so this looks like so and so's room," but I do think also that that's just one step. I think there's also that extra level of what makes those details um, go with the family. You know, something that really makes it personal to them. Because they could go to a showroom at any point and just pick out all the things. And most most of those large furniture showrooms even have designers these days. But does it take it down to those personal details that really make the space worth for the family in, in particular? So I really try and find little things that will make not, not just pretty and functional, but also special.
0: We spoke yesterday about it, and I wanted to, to kind of bring it up again the idea of design and architecture in Tulsa mm-hmm. it's interesting because i feel like there is such a rich history mm-hmm. of architecture and design
1: mm-hmm.
0: here in Tulsa for a designer and especially one who who came from elsewhere mm-hmm. back into the oh, city yeah. to mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. how does how does that affect the work that you do and and what what is the what is the style and I back up because, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I think of, you know, my hometown, mm-hmm. I'm a native Angelina. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I, I've always, I've moved away, but I've always gone back. And, I, and mm-hmm. Los Angeles has a very distinct architectural style. And some will, will say, well, there's all kinds of different styles. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Is it, it really is this very diverse design city. That being said, California has a very distinct style mm-hmm. based on outside in, inside out and weaving the two. Mm-hmm. What is what is the style of Tulsa? Does Tulsa does Oklahoma is there is there a, a, an Oklahoma style of design? Is there a Tulsa style of design?
2: I do think Tulsa has a design. I think I think the style. I think there's a few. Like you said, we've got a touch of Art Deco. We have a touch of um, mid-century modern for sure. We have a lot of ranch homes, ranch-style homes. Um, and as you're driving through Tulsa, there's there's definitely an area that uh, belonged to a lot of the oil barons that really brought the money to Tulsa and started giving Tulsa its name and its stature, and those houses really kind of set the style of very traditional, big, great rooms that they use for entertaining, and their dining rooms that are specifically for hosting beautiful events, and I think that even though we use those differently these days, they still... Um, you know I think dining rooms in that kind of sense went out for a little bit and people thought oh we just need open concept everything let's open all these walls and let's do all the things and then now I think like you said everything's changed and I think that um, people want a place to retreat and either get away or um, have a different space for different things and so I think that there will be a resurgence of specialized spaces again but I do think Tulsa has um, a certain sense of a style that is a little bit, a little bit Southern, a little bit traditional, um, and just is very classic.
0: I think there's a formality mm-hmm. to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, that formal nature combined with, with a very comfortable sense of traditional living. Mm-hmm. and the classics right mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because as I as I drive around the city mm-hmm. there are definitely new modern projects mm-hmm. that are that are taking place mm-hmm. here and you, you juxtapose that to um you know when I was driving around I, I think I told you this story I was driving with a friend and and I I made him stop because we were on Birmingham mm-hmm. and it's like wait a <laughs> that's that, that's <laughs> what a, is that? that's a Frank Lloyd Wright House. Yeah. And it turns out it is. And it's been mm-hmm. it's been sitting in a state of disrepair mm-hmm. for the past fifteen or twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's not fenced in. Mm-hmm. It's not it's it's right there off the street. Yeah. Very unusual. But it's interesting too because as I dig deeper into the architectural history of Tulsa there's all kinds of buildings here
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know the, the fire and alarm building
1: mm-hmm. the
0: Mayo um, mm-hmm. y- you name it mm-hmm. any major structure in downtown Tulsa at mm-hmm. some point and at some point means oil bust in the 80s mm-hmm. until about the 2000s at some point mm-hmm. was in complete disrepair mm-hmm. you look at a city that is just absolutely gleaming and shining now and it kind of affects everything else mm-hmm. around it on an outward mm-hmm push Mm -hmm. when it comes to there's also been a little bit of a pushback I think to modern styling Mm -hmm. to to a lot of the cleaner sharper edges Mm -hmm. that come from you know German inspired appliances there there seems to be a pushback on that do you notice Mm -hmm. that as well
2: I do and I'm not sure why but um, I wonder if it just There's not many of them here, uh, and it just, you know, giving the, uh, that most people go for the classic traditional look, I wonder if, or I've heard from some clients that that look gives them a a cold vibe, and a, a not warm, you know, just, I think it maybe lacks texture for them, and it's not enough. So, I think it's just a different, a different vibe that's not really here that much. So there is pushback.
0: As you look now, I feel like every time it's like rings on a tree, you know, Mm -hmm. anytime there's a major something that Mm -hmm. happens, it changes culture, Mm -hmm. changes society. Mm -hmm. So it has to. Mm -hmm. For you, how has that changed your design? And what do you see as some of the, not trendy, Mm -hmm. but some of the increasing trends in design that are, that are, that you're being asked for now that maybe you haven't been asked for in the past?
2: I think um, let's see I'm trying to think of I really try to steer clients towards um, investing in pieces that will be classic for a long time especially because we're waiting on them for a long time but um, they uh, I do think that there are trends that come and go Um, there are there is a a trend of going towards cleaner brighter Cooler colors, and that's been over the past couple, I'd say, couple years here. It takes a while to get to Tulsa, so we kind of know what's coming, what's what's headed, which is good for us. Trend fore- forecasting is really easy. <laughs> um, no, but there are a lot of pastels coming in, and at first, it, you know, you thought, oh, pastel in my dining room, and my living room, that that's going to look like an Easter egg. But um, there's a there's a good way to incorporate those trends with the warmth of an antique that really makes it look fresh and new without looking um eastery and you know something that wouldn't fit uh, as well but it's a good way to incorporate trends with the classical items so my favorite way to incorporate something like that is with something that has a story behind it or it's with um you know like a, a chest an antique chest that has burl wood that that already tells the story even if it's brand new um it gives it some warmth and some texture, and combining the two styles gives you um, longevity over time as trends change, because it's not one style in particular.
0: And the last question I have for you today falls in, into the resources yes. category. And sort of w- with with the supply chain still being an issue, and probably will be for the next 18, 26 months, yeah. it just is what it is. It is. Um, we're... What are the resources you have in town? Where do you where do you get? Where are some? Where do you find your best finds?
2: So, as far as textiles and fabrics go, we have uh, two kind of powerhouses here. We are super blessed to have the headquarters of Fabricut here in Tulsa. So that's really nice because not only do we have to house all the books in our our office, we can pop in over there and uh, see all the new stuff before it even goes to book. Um, grab a memo and actually be able to order and pick it up that day if we need to because it's all stored here so we don't have to wait on shipping which is another nightmare right now. Um, You know most of the items are stocked here so we can pick up fabric run with it. Um, The other fabrics that are not housed under fabric cut we have a uh, design store here that's called Secrets in the Pearl, and it's located in the Pearl District, right on Route 66. Um, and it's a, it's a little showroom that um, they take care of their designers. when They, uh, they carry all this Scalamandre and the Schumacher and all the other ones that we need to get, um, including ones from Europe and all the specialized fabrics um, that we, that we like to incorporate, too. So um, she takes care of us by uh, doing Lunch and Learns and, and trade shows and showing us all the new product. So I think as far as textiles, we're covered there. Um, when it comes to sourcing chairs and furniture and all of those items, market is just very intentional for us. It's a go, 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 you know, basically running through every showroom, lots of pictures, um, and my brain is dead by the time I leave there because I've got to remember it. But, you know, I've got to test everything out and I've got to make sure that um, I've seen everything because I'm not going to be back for a while. So,
0: and that's the important thing, isn't it? Is like, especially now, I think it used to be we just took it for granted. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, it's going to be High Point. Oh, yeah, it's going to be we'll Vegas Market. Hey, it's going to be Design Chicago. Hey, yeah. it's, now it's like, you know what? Now I need to be very, very specific and purposeful mm-hmm. about what I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: good notes because you'll forget you know once you sit on something a thousand times you're like which chair was it that I liked so I take you know thousands of pictures and uh, sometimes video of just notes Um, because you can find a lot online but uh, like the disclaimer always says it looks different in person than it is online so um, I think that's very important just to be very intentional and I leave tomorrow for market so (laughs) here we go
0: I love it. And you know what? Maybe we'll reconnect after you've, yeah. after you've done Market, a couple yeah. of events, and you can tell me what uh, what you found.
2: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Awesome. Thanks, right. Lauren. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. I so appreciate you and the time we spent together. Thank you, Thermosol, Article, York Wall Coverings, and Franz Wigner for your partnership and support. You are remarkable partners and amazing allies for the trade, and for that I thank you. And thank you for listening. Remember why you do what you do, and that the business of design is about making better the lives of those we serve, right? Until next week, be well, and take today first.